0: So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Now, it's Chris Harrington on the Grizzlies, Memphis, and more on 92.9's Jeff Calkins Show, presented by Church Health, caring for people all around us. Give today at churchhealth.org. It's true. He's
1: on the true. Service Master by Cornerstone mine It is... Chris Harrington
2: from the Daily Memphian. Chris, what are we listening to? That's um, I Know by De La Soul with a little whistling assist from Otis Redding from their 1989 debut album, Three Feet High and Rising, maybe hip-hop's first true love song. Um, Dave Jalicour, a.k.a. Plug 2, a.k.a. True the Dove, on the second verse there, died yesterday at age 54.
1: So, uh, how did you did you consume of the of the Super Bowl extravaganza yesterday? Uh, what did you consume?
2: Um, I had it on like the whole time. The only thing I was paying like close attention to was the halftime show, but I had it on while I was doing other stuff. And like you know, I I I paid more attention you know down the stretch in the fourth quarter when it was a close game. But I was not I was not you know hanging on every second or anything. It was funny. My daughter my daughter was leaving. She was going to go to Target. And I, my son sat down on the couch. We were going to watch the halftime show, and and I told her the halftime show was coming up. And then she was like, "Well, I'll wait." She wanted to see Rihanna, and there was one twenty two on the game clock when she sat down, and it was her first revelation that like one twenty two on the game clock, of the football <laughs> game really lasts about 35 minutes. She was very annoyed that nothing was happening. She was sitting there and nothing was happening for like half an hour.
1: There, there was a long review in there too. Like it was that was a right. long, that was a particularly long minute 22. All right, so. Uh, what did your What did your kids think of Rihanna?
2: Um, everyone enjoyed Rihanna. We we got a good laugh because my wife started looking up Rihanna on Instagram what was going on, and uh-huh. accidentally blocked Rihanna on Instagram, <laughs> and then couldn't figure out how to unblock Rihanna.
1: Rihanna's gonna be ticked off this morning. She's I gonna know. notice
2: that. She's gonna, what did I do? Right. So my so she was panicky, and then my daughter had to show her how to unblock Rihanna on Instagram. So that we got to all get a good laugh out of that. My son wandered away. I think he he got <laughs> bored with the whole thing and wandered away. But my wife and daughter and I were all uh, all the way in on Rihanna. Uh,
1: okay. Uh, were you all the way in on Rihanna before the halftime show?
2: Oh, definitely, definitely. Big big big, big Rihanna guy. Um, love a lot of those songs, and love some songs she didn't play. Um, I love the performance because it wasn't much of one, and I kind of like that. Right. I like that. Um, I'm, not, I'm not even sure if she was singing, and like, who cares? Right. Um, I, I like because that's not what these things are about anyway. Um, I liked the um, once I got over my sense of panic over her on this thing and worried about a wire breaking. <laughs> once I got over that, yes. Um, like I do when Grizz like, climbs the ladder at games, and I have to stare down at the floor and wait till it's over. <laughs> Once I got over my panic, I liked sort of the spareness and the, um, the sort of, to, to be art, artistically, production design-wise, I found it very striking. I liked that there wasn't just a thousand extras pretending to have fun down on the field. I liked that there weren't a lot of guest stars. It was just like I'm going to stand on this thing and like we're going to play these songs and I may or may not be singing them and like whatever and like these songs are great and like here you go, so good for her.
1: Well, okay. First of all, let's discuss this revelation about your fear of heights or calamity or whatever it is. Do you not watch Grizz climb to the top of the ladder?
2: I I, I get a little panicky. I I tend to like <laughs> just look down and wait for it to be over when that happens. Yeah.
1: Um, there were some people suggesting there were some OSHA violations yesterday during the halftime show. I don't really, she seemed, seemed pretty stable. Uh, but, but yes, that would have been a hell of a fix if the thing had collapsed. Um, and then of course the most Googled question during the halftime show was, is Rihanna pregnant? Uh, which she did confirm that she is. I saw other people scolding people on Twitter that you don't speculate aloud whether a woman is pregnant or not.
2: And uh, well, well, one thing is, like, she had a baby not that long ago, right? right? That's and why like, people were confused. That's why. Well, this expectation—well, yes. this, well, this expect- expectation that women are supposed to like quickly, like, look a certain way post-pregnancy, or especially if you're a celebrity like right. that. Yeah, you know, I, you know, I did not assume that she was pregnant or not pregnant on that.
1: Um, but, uh, yeah. And beyond that, I, uh, I saw various people ranked it. Um, they all blend together for me. I mean, there's Prince and then the Michael Jackson. I saw someone had this as third, but like, I don't know, like people enjoyed Bruno Mars. How many years ago
2: was that? They really, it was more of a show. yeah, I agree. There's pr- there's prints and there's everything else. You I know, think that's pretty I, it, much it. Yeah, as far as I'm concerned. And so, to me, it comes down to it's Sort of like my feeling on arena concerts. Was that a good concert? Well, do you like the songs? I mean, that's really all it's about. Do you right. like the songs? So like that. That's about the only thing. <laughs> or, yeah, or do you like the production design in this case? Right. I like the songs and I like the production design. And I like the musical performance. What musical performance? That's not, I mean, there, <laughs> there is no musical performance, you know? Do you
1: have any recollection? I guess Beyonce has done two. Do you have any particular recollection of Beyonce?
2: Well, she did, was it the Super Bowl where she did the big formation thing? I can't remember like the different appearances she's made and what's the Super Bowl and what's not. You um, 2 I remember having, like that was like a real performance, I guess. Right u 2s was also right
0: after U2's was the September 11th, like post September 11th. So like they had the names of all the firefighters and the the first responders that had died.
1: In your in your personal ranking of, I I, I want
2: them I Uh I want them to do the white stripes next year or just use all the same costumes. (laughs) Jeffrey will get that (laughs) joke. The
1: the the in your own personal ranking of female artists, who's higher, Beyonce or Rihanna?
2: So you're trying to get me in trouble because, like, like, you're not allowed to, like, be <laughs> This is a less. big is online it? fight. This oh, is, is, like, it? the biggest online <laughs> fight of all time. Yeah. You have to pick a side here? I, I, I'm i a big fan of both. Um, I think I think Beyoncé has had more good albums. I think if you go with Greatest Hits versus Greatest Hits, I'd probably lean a little Rihanna, and my favorite individual album of all of them, like if I were doing like the top five albums from the two, there'd be more uh-huh. Beyonce albums on my list. But my number one would be the be, be the Rihanna album, Anti, which I think is the best album either of the two have made.
1: And they're both kick-ass moguls too, which is fun. Like that's another aspect of it that I think is particularly admirable. So uh, I don't know. Yep. Yeah. Anyway. All right. Uh, did you did you notice any of the commercials? Or, so were you watching as a family with it on, or were you...
2: No, my, my family does not care. They, they right. cared about Rihanna. They didn't care right. about anything else. I was, I, was sitting on my, I was sitting on my couch uh, mourning the death of Dave from, from De La right. Soul and digging up an old thing I wrote that I put on my I personal see. blog. I haven't updated it in a whole year. So I was mostly fiddling with that while the game was on um I was annoyed at one point, like at this point, like it's all celebrity cameos and all these commercials and whatever to you get your money. Right. But I was a little, I was a little sort of knocked off, knocked off my game a little bit when Adam Driver was in one of these because I just don't associate him with like let's get paid for a Super Bowl ad. He seems like a little bit above that, and I guess no one's above that really.
1: Yeah, his ad was the Squarespace website that makes website ads that I was did not particularly appeal to me. But yes. Uh, I can see why that would be that would be uh, irritating. yeah, everyone seems to get paid for 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 doing Super Bowl ads. Uh, Karen McLaughlin. I mean, what's her name what the hell's her name uh, McLaughlin uh, uh, what the- Jeffrey, your favorite ad? the your- bushlight. yeah, who Bu- was it? Sarah McLaughlin Sarah McLaughlin. Sarah McLaughlin is getting paid literally to be mocked uh, in a Super Bowl mm-hmm. ad. So uh, that happened as well. All right. while all this was unfolding, uh, the NBA season rolled on the Grizzlies. Uh, had a uh, looked good in beating the Timberwolves, and then fell short against the Celtics. Um, anything particular? Let's let's take the Friday night game. Uh, Drew wrote about that and said they seemed particularly joyous again. And uh, we we were hoping last week that as pouty or wounded, I think as you as you described Dylan and Ja, that it it sort of had. Yeah, we just hope their joy would return, and I guess Friday, uh, it did. Yeah, I was not at that game,
2: but I, my, I did watch it. My, my, my sense was it just sort of, sort of a return to normal kind of game, right? And frankly, like Sunday seemed pretty normal too, honestly, you know. <laughs> and so, and yeah. so hopefully we can get away from the like, you know. Every game is, like, you know, life or death kind of thing, and, like, you know, resettle right. into whatever they're going to be. And I think both games from the weekend taken together seem pretty normal.
1: Um, the normal uh, quality of the Celtics was, uh, A, losing to the Celtics, and then, B, losing on the road, and, C, not hitting as many three-pointers as the other guys. And, and right. happily, one of the things that is not as normal as it used to be was Jaron Jackson Jr., uh, uh, and foul trouble, but that happened as
2: well. Uh, there really seems to be, and I have not taken the time to like break this down into numbers and verify the truth. I do think it's it's good to verify the truth of things that people assume when you are able to, and you would be able to on this, but I haven't taken the time. Right. But I th- I think it's true that his foul rate has been appreciably higher in national TV games than overall this season. Now, you could say that's just happenstance, or you could say there's something about like the big moment, big game, which would be more of a concern relative to the playoffs. And so what lesson do you take for that? I don't know, and I don't know 100% that that's true, but I'm pretty sure that that's true. And I think that has fed into a lot of the national perception about it. Because you'll notice, like on Friday night against Minnesota, he, he only played 28 minutes, like one over his, his right. season average, which everyone complains about, and he only had two fouls. And so that's sort of the point I've made is that they're not trying to play him thirty-four minutes a game, period. And so he, the fouls, right. is not the main thing that's contributed to his minutes. But that doesn't mean he doesn't have a foul problem. Like, you, like these, no. these two things seem seem in conflict, but they are not in conflict.
1: Um, Christmas was the obvious one, right? And then again yesterday, and you can totally imagine, like, okay, big nationally televised game get a little out over your skis or whatever, a little hyped up, reach in a little more, whatever else, and you right. find yourself in trouble. Like you can, again, we're basing yeah. this on anecdote as opposed to data, but you can totally imagine why that would happen, and you could also imagine that it would be a problem in the playoffs, and you could also imagine that it would be a thing you could get over, right? I mean, all of those yeah. things.
2: No, I, I, I agree. I, I share all of those assessments,
1: yeah. Uh, what did you, uh, what'd you think of the new acquisition?
2: Um, I, I really want to caution people not to, not to assume too much or to, to, to get their hopes up too high on the canard thing. Um, you know, yes, that was just, you know, it's one game and it's a game where he's just getting used to, he doesn't, doesn't really know the plays. He's just getting used to stuff. But like, he's going to have a lot of games like that. You know, I mean. Just just because you have the same three point shooting percentage as Desmond Bain does not mean you're Desmond Bain. <laughs> like he is not gonna pull up off the dribble and then drill thirty footers. He's not gonna rumble into the lane, take contact, and make layups. Even though they think he, he can do more on the ball than he did with the Clippers, he's not gonna run pick and roll and hit 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 Brandon Clark with pocket passes for dunks. He's gonna do a lot of spacing the floor and standing around and hopefully making the shots he gets. And like He'll have some good games, but I think he's gonna have games where he plays twenty minutes and scores in single digits and seems like he should basically get in cardio out there. That's just the kind of player he is. I think. Yeah, they, they, so just just because he's wearing a Grizzlies uniform doesn't mean you should raise expectations super high, you know, over what he what he normally does.
1: The the knocks against him, uh, defensively obviously, but then it's yes, passivity. Uh, is sort of I don't know like that' sort of be and and honestly his pay he's a little overpaid for what he is, right and yep. uh, and and passivity and that's the one that the Grizzlies think they can is over is overblown I guess. I saw that our friend uh, over on uh, fast break breakfast they had a poll who's he put up a poll who's a better basketball player? Luke Kennard or Grayson Allen, and we would all, of course, all say Luke Kennard. Now, I think his point was it's not that it's 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 it, 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 it's not totally obvious who's the better basketball player.
2: Oh no, not at all. I mean, I mean, Grayson Allen, I I am well on the record for I wasn't the biggest Grayson right. Allen fan. I thought it was I thought he was the, the the third best two guard on the team when he was starting for the Grizzlies a couple of years ago after Melton and Bain. Um, but he's got he's got more athletic pop oh, like he'll, he'll rise up and, and, and you know dunk on you every once in a while or whatever. Um, and so I, I think those to me those players are roughly similar players, really.
1: Um, and then I didn't see the pregame. I am already, I, I mean, you knew the are the Grizzlies fine in the West? Josh said they're fine in the West. ha, ha ha. They're not so fine in the West. Um, C.J. McCollum got off the last good joke about that. There will never be another good joke about that. It doesn't seem to me. Every other one seems to be piling on, but the pregame show was spilling over with it.
2: Well, he, here's what I found particularly galling about the pregame show leaning into this so much. And I understand why. It was sort of like their quote, right? I mean, the right. quote came from an interview with Malika Andrews, and she's the one hosting the pregame show. But when you go back and watch that clip... You know, the the initial answer to the initial question is fine. She just says, well, you know, what team worries you most? And he says, Boston, which then and now is the number one team in the league. Why shouldn't that be the right, team that worries yes, you most? Right. And then she sort of raises an eyebrow and gives him a look and says, well, what about the West? She's asking him, like, please give me a brash quote. And so he, he, he acquiesces to that and gives her the brash quote. And now that same show is pounding him over the head with it, which I found a little galling. And and plus they weren't play, they were playing Boston, the team that he had said he was about. <laughs> so uh, to me, to me, it's jumped the shark. Like like it earned a lot of the jokes, but right. like I, I, I didn't have much patience for it in that pregame show. Going back to it over and over and over again.
1: They're so, not going to go away till the end of the year. Like literally, when they are eliminated in the West, which you know these odds are they will be before they get to the the West before they get to the NBA Finals. We are gonna that that it, this is not if, dying. No one's gonna say all no, oh, this no. joke if, is overdone if, until if it's they get elimi- If They get
2: eliminated before by another team in the Western Conference <laughs> right. in the playoffs. This is likely to happen, right? Then it'll be ha ha ha. I thought you were fine in the West. Like they could lose seven games in the conference <laughs> right. finals, like you know, to Denver or Phoenix, and it'll be that. Uh,
1: also, since we last spoke, Zach Kleinman spoke and really um, didn't say anything. I don't think that we didn't know. But it was interesting. It was interesting how he, clear he was about. Yes, yeah. I'm trying to do. It. it was as if, it was as if he had heard the criticism and was like, "You people who think I'm just clutching my draft picks here over here and not willing are insane. We're doing everything we can." You know. No, no. I, I think that's right.
2: I was not. I didn't learn anything, but so what, right? right. I, I wasn't surprised. I wasn't surprised by the substance of what he said, and I think if you had read my column that morning or listened to the segment on the show, I said a lot of the stuff he ended up saying. But was I surprised he said all of it and said all of it in the way he did in that setting? Yeah, I was a little bit. I think that was was maybe the most sort of out there he's been on anything.
1: Do you think it reveals anything particular or anything different? Where do you think they think
2: they are? I think, you know, I wrote, the column I wrote right before the deadline was partly me reacting sort of the, to the public conversation around the team. It was kind of partly an open letter to the front office, and it was, you know, people were debating, like, are they in to win this year, or are they still, like, you know, building long-term or whatever, and my thing was, like, neither. Like, like they're trying to win now, but they're trying, but they're, but it's not just about a one-year thing. It's my, it my thing about, like, iterations of the team and trying try to maximize this iteration and... Without worrying too much about the next one, and I think what we found from the um, the trade deadline activity is that you know I didn't need an open letter because I think they do see it that way, and so their thing is like it's John Morant, Desmond Bain, and Jaren Jackson. Everything else is that's the only thing off limits, and they're trying to win as best as much as they can now with that core, and next year with that core, and five years from now with that core, and whatever, and so you know. They're not desperate to like to do things right now, but they're very eager to do things if they can raise the ceiling around that particular core. And so I think that's where they're at. I think it's where they should be. I,
1: I also think, though, even... And then I agree with all of that. I also think that they, and maybe this seems obvious, say, sure, there's a window that begins this year and is next year and the next year and the next year. But in terms of the likelihood that this is our year... I think they have a clear understanding that the likelihood that this is their year, that its it's more likely that when these guys are two years older will be their year than this will be their year.
2: That- yeah, no, they don't think this is the best team they're going to have. Right. And I think that's probably true. Now, I think it's only probably true, and the thing that they can't control is the, what the rest of the conference is going to be. But the idea that the rest of the conference was squishy sort of did get changed a little bit right. at the trade yes. deadline.
1: The thing that made this, honestly, this year more compelling wasn't was the fact that all right, they may have better teams, but this may be the squishiest of the West, and that changed that the West will ever be, and that changed at the trade deadline, at least a little bit. It appears it it did. So, um, anyway, I was glad he because you're that's not typically what they do. They're, they play everything so close to the vest that I was kind of glad because I got sick of people saying. Uh, on, on the air, on different stations or whatever else, different shows. Uh, I'm so sick of them. I I wish they wouldn't, you know, hold on. The, I wouldn't overvalue their first-round draft picks. And I ne- I guess I never thought they were. And so I'm no, glad he addressed they were, it so forcefully.
2: They, they were willing and are willing to move anything that's not Morant, Bain, and Jackson. They're just not in a right. Have you to. know, this is a, this is our shot. Like, you know, this is our shot. This is our last shot. This is our only shot desperation mode. But they're trying to make this team as good as they can around those three. And they're willing to do that whenever they're able to do it. And in in any way, like whenever the opportunities arise.
1: Chris, thank you very much. Appreciate it. T-Mobile has
0: invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours